Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I'm so happy you're here. We get together about twice a week and chew on God's word, discuss how we're growing, how we're being convicted or challenged, and uh, offer you, hopefully, some encouragement for where you're at in your life. So, thanks for coming along with us. This week, we've got Sean Duncan. Hello, Sean. Back again. Back again. <sighs> I think this is two weeks in a row. Is it really? I think so. For a while there, you, you, I was worried. I know. It's like, where's Sean Duncan? I know. I thought I ran out of material. <laughs> <laughs> I've exhausted the Bible. That, that Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been busy. You just hit the end of your term yep. for the good fight. Yep. Uh, winter term is over. We're, this is finals week for them in real time. Spring break, then back on it for another 10 weeks. Yeah. yeah fun stuff. So is that two weeks off then? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm just doing lots of prep work for the next term and mm-hmm. and also things I've neglected around here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask not to pry too much, but how do you spend that time usually? Well, those two weeks, right now, the students are still around. So mm-hmm. I usually try to meet up with as many of them as I can before like, they leave for break. Um, I outline, if I haven't already, I outline all of the preaching for the next term. So that I know what I'm preaching. I know generally the direction of it. That way I'm not like trying to figure it out the week of. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of writing. I try to do a lot of reading. Um, when they're actually all gone. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't really know what I do. I just kind of, kind of yuck it up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normal office stuff. All yeah. The just stuff like, there's just like to. other projects that I don't get to spend the same amount of time on. Mm-hmm. Um, so when all of a sudden I don't have sermons to write, like I can put a ton of time into a few different things. So yeah. a, a lot of brainstorming happens. A lot of dreaming happens during this time. A lot of sleeping to do the dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Yeah. That time's valuable. That's the stuff that gets knocked to the side when you're yeah. go, go, go when the students are. So, well, we talked about it ahead of time. Listener, this is a bit of a special episode and we'll <laughs> see if these catch on or not. Uh, I think they will be a wonderful encouragement to you. But Sean had asked, hey, why don't you just hit me with a bunch of questions and we'll just plow through them. So this will be one of probably more um, kind of Q&A questions. So the first question, Sean, I'm going to ask you is, okay. what is the now but not yet and how does it affect our ethics on earth? Okay, so the now but not yet, also phrased the already but not yet, oh, okay, um, is a term that's used to speak specifically about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, if depending on what gospel you're reading. So when Jesus shows up, he says that he is bringing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. This is a theme of the Old Testament, uh, an Old Testament hope, even though you don't really have that phrase, that expression. But from from Genesis all the way through Malachi of the Old Testament, there's an expectation that God is going to establish a kingdom um, on earth and it will be reigned through a human king. We actually see this in Genesis chapter one. God creates humanity and he creates them to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And that Hebrew word rule is the Hebrew word mashal, which is the verb that kings do like that's what kings do so runners run painters paint and kings mashal yeah king yeah. kings mashal <laughs> um so you're introduced to humanity as oh humanity is being established as god's representatives on earth image of god mm-hmm. they're they're like uh royal delegates and they're being established to rule like these little kings and queens mm-hmm. now we know how the story goes they 
rather than being representatives and delegates, they want to be the one who's really on the throne and they try and overthrow God and they, they create mutiny and that's, that's sin. And so the, the entire biblical narrative from that point on is, well, God is committed to his plan to rule over his creation through a human king, but there's a problem. The problem is humans. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, so, so we're on the, we're on this journey watching, watching God make promises and work with really fallen people to bring about his, his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So that storyline takes us all the way to Jesus. Jesus shows up. The first words that he says in Matthew chapter one, verse 15 is repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says he is bringing the kingdom. The, the implication of uh, when he's saying that is that he is the king showing mm-hmm. up. He is the king who's going to be, to be seated on the throne and reign in justice and righteousness and peace. So um, key promises in the old Testament. So we're just like building the backdrop right yeah. now. Um, the Davidic covenant, you can mm-hmm. read about that in second Samuel chapter seven or first Chronicles 17. God makes a promise to David from the line of Judah that one of his offspring will build God a house. You know, is that a, a physical house or a family house, like a family household, family household, um, <laughs> that this offspring of David will, will build God a house and will also have a throne that never ends. Mm-hmm. If the throne never ends. The king never ends. Okay, right. so like an eternal king, eternal kingdom, eternal reign. Then when you get to the prophets, like Isaiah chapter 9, really important promise, uh, to us a child is born, to us a son is given. We'll just keep reading a little bit. And this child is going to sit on the throne of David, and of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And uh, the government will be on his shoulders, and peace will, will go on forever, and there will be righteousness and justice and peace. Like, oh, okay, that's what we're... <laughs> That yeah, sounds great. I like that. Yeah, I like sounds great. That. So as you're going through Isaiah, the way that's going to happen is you actually get to chapter 52 and 53. And the son that's been given is actually the suffering servant. So in chapter 52, there's like this announcement that your God reigns. He's returned to his people. And then you read about the suffering servant who is pierced for the transgressions of his people. So then you get to the book of Mark and Jesus shows up. And here is God returning to his people and he is the suffering servant. So he's bringing the kingdom. Now, when we get to this phrase already, but not yet, Jesus came, he lived, he died for sins. He, he rose for the justification of the saints. And then he sent into the heavens and his promise is that he would return. Mm -hmm. When he returns, he'll make all things new. When people use the expression, the already, but not yet, they're referring to the reality of the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. that in one sense, it is already here. It is established. It is in place. Nothing can change that. The kingdom is here. But Sean. But on the other hand, <laughs> it is not yet mm-hmm. in that Christ will return. And when he does, he will remove the presence of sin from creation. Uh, right now, he's removed the penalty of sin from his people. He's removing the power of sin from his saints. And when he returns, he will remove the presence of sin from all creation, and there'll be a new heavens and new earth. Jesus will will um, be with us on earth. We will be here. We will be reigning with him. It'll be glorious. It'll be amazing. So in one sense, it's not yet. Like the kingdom is not yet. Uh, there is still injustice. There are still people living uh, against the king. So the already not yet is this reality that the kingdom of heaven is here now and will be here in the future. Let me give you an example of why it's here. So in, in Matthew chapter 12, 
Jesus is casting out demons and the crowd's like, oh man, can this be the son of David? Oh yeah, see, they understand that right. that's what the son of David's gonna do. But then the Pharisees see this and when they heard it, they said, it is only by Beelzebul, which is another name for Satan, uh, Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Basically, he's saying, you guys don't even follow basic logic. That's yeah. what he's saying to them. <laughs> and if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Because Pharisees, they had a ministry apparently of mm-hmm. casting out demons also. Therefore, they will be your judges. This is the important verse, verse 28. But if, and this is like rhetorical, but if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, which it is, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Mm. Meaning here, right, present, now. The kingdom of heaven is here now mm-hmm. because the spirit of God is here reigning in God's people. So the kingdom of heaven, it has, there, there's, like basic, there's just three basic um, um, components to a kingdom, right? There has to be a king. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. No king, no kingdom. Uh, there also has to be subjects. Mm-hmm. People. No people to reign over. So, well, I, I, I can go to the throne room also, <laughs> but I'm usually the only one there, you know? So you all have some subjects to rule over, but then also there needs to be a place. Mm-hmm. So a sovereign king has, has sovereign rule over a specific place. So a really simple way of thinking the kingdom of God is God's rule over God's people in God's place. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a time where that is literally all of creation and nothing rebels against God in his creation apart from those in the lake of fire itself. But as for right now, the kingdom of heaven is here and it's the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church is God's people. It's God's rule over God's people in God's place. The the people of God being filled with the spirit of God, animated by the spirit of God, empowered by the spirit of God, and then led by the spirit of God to produce fruit. Um, The church is talked of as having the the keys uh, being given to the church by, by Christ himself, the King, the, it is the church that's talked of as being, um, being the one expanding across all of creation and, and even invading hell itself. And the gates of hell will not be able to withstand the, the church mm-hmm. as it comes. So the kingdom of heaven is here and we get to encounter it every Sunday in the local church. Like that is the kingdom of heaven right now on earth as it is in heaven. And it's a small picture. It's mm-hmm. a foreshadowing, um, but it is the substance of the thing to come. It's just, you know, it's a small picture, yeah, an imperfect picture. It's like having really bad eyesight and taking your glasses off and like, yeah, like trees, <laughs> cars, yeah. but it's not 2020 20 vision, mm-hmm. but it is a small picture of the kingdom of heaven. So that's what it is already. Okay. Not yet. And so then your question was, how does that affect our ethic here on earth? Oh, Chris, that's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> Should that be another episode? <laughs> uh, it would. It could be a great long episode. Let me, let me just give you a few disclaimers. So um, basically, so there are many different models of theology and basically all of them agree on this already not yet reality of the kingdom. Um, however, there are models and I'll, I'll throw out terms. I'll explain them. There's premillennialism. There's amillennialism. There's postmillennialism. 
premillennialism is the idea that um, we are in this time, this season, at some point Jesus will return. And at that point, his earthly millennial reign will begin mm-hmm. a thousand years. And then at the end of that, it will conclude with him establishing the new heavens, new earth, AKA getting all the sin out of creation. So in that model, um, we can do nothing to get Jesus to come. We can do nothing to establish his reign on earth, but there are things that need to take place before he returns. Mm-hmm. In the all-millennial view, which is that um, all-millennialism is that the thousand years in Revelation chapter 20 is referring to the church age, that Christ is ruling right now. He's enthroned at the right hand of God, and his his reign and his rule is most evident in the church itself. And at some point, this period will come to a close. He will return, and when he does, he'll establish the new heavens and new earth and remove the presence of sin from creation. Um, in that view, uh, we participate, our, our ethic, we participate in the already not yet by being a part of church. That's mm-hmm. like how, how we do it. There is um, far less popular, like not a lot of people hold this position nowadays, but it is uh, um, a position that is faithful. Like people are being faithful with this position, which is post-millennialism. This is the idea that there are certain things that we need to be doing, establishing, basically to bring about the return of Christ uh, that, that the creation will get better and better. The church age will grow and grow and grow uh, and it'll enter into this millennial kingdom of bliss and amazingness and righteousness and justice and peace. And at that, the end of that, at the end post thousand years, then Jesus will return. Um, so there are popular people who hold this view and and they would say the way that it affects our ethic is we want the kingdom to be here in full. And in order to get the kingdom to be here in full, we need to be taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. We um, need to be seeking justice and peace and righteousness uh, on, on earth. So, so it has a lot more um, implications for missions and mm-hmm. for social justice. Um, now, I think the imperatives for missions and social justice the other people with those other views, they also have those same convictions, but their convictions are flowing out of different parts of their theology rather than their theology of the kingdom of sure. heaven. If that makes sense. Yeah. So would in, in none of the three options available to us, would it be justifiable to have uh, this place burns up in the end? So let's just ride it out as long as we can and wait for Jesus to come back model. I, I don't think so. I right. think that, I think that's silly. I mean, in, in Revelation 21, John says, then I saw a new heavens and a new earth. You're like, oh, okay. So like this one's just like going to get tossed aside. But then you keep reading it. I'm, I'm off the top of my head. Like I think it's verse eight or nine. And then it says, uh, it's, he's quoting Jesus and it says, behold, I am making all things new. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say I'm making all new things. It mm-hmm. says I'm making all things new. So it, the idea of the new heavens and new earth is restoring everything. Yeah, regenerative. So if we believe that that's where where creation, all creation is going by the sovereign hand of God, well, then we live in hope of that by not destroying everything. Yeah. But we actually believe that like, <laughs> these things are going to be restored, so we care about them. And, and in small ways, we can bring the future into the present reality by bringing restoration to simple mm-hmm. things, like your car that's sitting out there that you keep telling your wife you're going to fix it, but it's been 17 years. Come on. <laughs> come on. No, I'm just kidding. Someone is listening to this yeah. like, <laughs> like, how did he know? <laughs> Reading my Pro- mail. Prophecy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... Uh, 
If I don't know if that helps. Yeah, that is helpful. So we all should have an ethic of treating others, treating ourselves, treating the world that is um, a benefit, beneficial. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, all Christians should care about evangelism, global missions, about justice in this world, even at a common grace level, and about stewardship. Mm-hmm. Now, where that theology is flowing out of as the primary like pool of their theology for those convictions, that can vary. Yeah. Some people for some people, it's their theology on the kingdom of heaven being already not yet. For other people, it's their view actually of the cross and the justice that takes place there. So so your your theological pool source for those things, you can have a different spots there, but all Christians should care about those things okay. because of this thing called the Bible and Jesus. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that, that'd be my I thoughts. think I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Sharpen my memory. Yeah, so already not yet. The kingdom is here now, and you get to participate in it, and you can get to, get to be under the reign and rule of Christ by being a regenerate believer who, who lives life in the local church. Yeah, and that means your home, your work, mm-hmm. your community, your church, your family, all those areas. So uh, something that I thought was deeply practical and in language that we use yeah, and comes up. So I wanted people to be aware of what that actually meant in case they were like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Um, great. Well, that covers our very first question. Yeah, there you go. That was probably way more information than you wanted. <laughs> That's okay. We'll try to do it shorter next time. We'll, we, <laughs> it's the most empty promise I've ever <laughs> heard. <laughs> All right, listener, hopefully that was encouraging to you and something you can chew on and begin to explore. What are the implications of this for my life? Because there are some. And they're important. So until the next episode, we will get you next time. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.